He conquers the darkness in your life. And when you become so enthralled with this supernatural God that has delivered you out of the darkness in your own life, he then sends you. you it's like you know that he did something supernatural you couldn't do yourself, that you couldn't stop the hurt, you couldn't stop the pain, you couldn't stop the depression, you couldn't stop the evil on your own. Somehow you met this, this man, this living God named Jesus Christ. You fall on your knees, begin to pray. You begin to pray. He begins to talk to you. He begins to give you vision. He changes the darkness around you is turned into light. And suddenly you can't hide it. You've got to go take that light out to the world. There's freedom. This is Greg Schleter reporting live from my home. And what an awesome weekend we had this past weekend. Uh, on Friday, we had our first Friday night revival at Swan Creek. It began at 5.15 p.m. with some amazing secular music, actually, led by Stacy Herzog, who's actually a worship leader, but what an amazing voice she has and gift. And then it led into praise and worship, followed by a very moving story and um, some incredible ministry, some incredible prayer that followed. You're going to hear that tonight, by the way, on this episode of Ignite Radio Live. So that was Friday night, very powerful strong sense of revival going on. Which of us don't feel sometimes that we're suffocating, right? Which of us don't feel like we need, um, I don't know, an oxygen. (laughs) Uh, Can I make a little comment about masks? All right, I'm not going to. But which of us don't need a kind of spiritual oxygen? We're feeling suffocated and the Lord is pouring it out, but we got to make the opportunity to receive it. What a better place than getting out in this beautiful season in open air and actually connect with real, live, physical human beings in an atmosphere of encounters. So I can't say it strongly enough. Friday Night Revivals, the first was this past Friday. This coming Friday is number two. I hope you'll join us, Swan Creek, 5.15 p.m. And I'm going to just launch into for a moment here something that has been haunting me, and it ought to haunt us all. If you're uh, attuned to Mark Mallett's Countdown to the Kingdom from Garabandal, Akita, prophecies that have uh, been spoken about this age or speaking into this age, this time period, Gosh, you really need to be attuned to those because, you know, whether these events are going to happen or not, the, the theme is the same. Are we ready? Are we ready for the coming of the Lord? Uh, is our house ready? Is, like the 10 virgins is the oil in our lamps. Um, many of these prophecies coincide with this thing called the warning in illumination where our souls instantaneously will see clearly the horror of our sin the way God sees it. It says one third of all who experience this will die immediately from the horror of it. And we may think to ourselves, gosh, I'm good, right? I'm nice to people. Well, the, the, the criteria for eternal life Christ reveals is much more than just being good. And you hear this again, checking the boxes. What have we neglected? What have we omitted? Who are those souls that perhaps won't even make it to heaven because God put on our hearts 
a call to speak to them, but we were fearful. What settings were we in in our lives where uh, God was being disparaged or his truths were being disparaged? Maybe abortion, maybe contraception, maybe a call of a modesty of kids in their dress. Maybe in our own homes, we failed to communicate and uh, provide atmospheres of encounter. I mean, let's open our hearts and minds to recognize this isn't Greg's truth. This isn't father's truth. This is what Christ reveals out of a deep desire for intimacy with us. And what a mercy it will be. Um, for us to see the horror of our sins, because, you know, only perfection is admitted into eternal life with God. So what, what's the haunting with that? Well, just go to Matthew 7. I've really been reflecting a lot on this chapter. Matthew 7, Jesus says, many will come in my name saying, look at all these great things we've done. We've healed the sick. We've raised the dead. And let's just kind of throw our own sort of versions in there. We went to mass. We prayed the rosary. We did our novenas. We were nice to each other. We taught the catechism. And the Lord will say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. And he punctuates it by saying they'll be cast essentially into hell. So again, Matthew 7, not Greg's words, the truth of the gospel of a God who loves us, wants us to be with him forever, warning us of the degree to which we settle for checking the boxes, settle for being good enough. Don't really open the door to consider what did God make me to be and to do in relationship to him. And the word in there, the verb in there that should open up our hearts and minds is to know. Jesus says, I never knew you. Now that verb knew, we get insight from it. If we go back to Genesis and we see that it's the exact same verb as Adam knew Eve. Jesus says, I never knew you. Same verb as Adam knew Eve. He desires a conjugal kind of relationship with him. Now that may be kind of freaky for some of us, but no, the heart of that sexual urge is an urge to a completion with God. Why do you think Satan is messing with it so much? Why do you think that he throws in things to cause that needle pointing to God, that desire, sexual desire pointing to God? Why do you think there's so many examples of magnets that pull that needle off of due north? Because Satan would love nothing more than that deepest desire meant for God to point in a different direction. Well, let me ask you guys tonight. Do you, like me, recognize the need for that needle to be recalibrated? Do we not need to reconnect these deepest desires at this late hour of salvation history where the kingdom feels imminent, doesn't it? Look around us. Gosh, do we not recognize the need to recalibrate that deepest desire of our hearts to God? I do. And I want to be surrounded by people who share that deepest desire to do that. I want my wife and I to be united in my family. And I want you guys, I want us to recognize, you know, God wants us to live in this great intimacy with him without which we will languish. It's that simple, really. We're either going to choose to um, turn that deepest desire to him or we're going to languish. So anyways, that was Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday. Really cool. We have what's called core community. What is that? Well, it's groups of families that commit themselves to each other, in this case for four months, to gathering twice a month, once as couples, once as families, to praying daily. We use the Regnum Christi daily meditation. So each of the members are taking 20 minutes a day to cultivate that prayer time. And I just ask all of you who are listening, do you have a dedicated daily encounter time with God? And a fourth commitment that we make is this live it gathering guide. We've been doing this for seven years on a weekly basis. If you go to I love my family.us, we provide a brand new every week, 
gathering guide to make it easy for your family to more deeply encounter God alive in your marriage and your family. So anyways, the core community was our first couples gathering. I'm so excited about these five other couples that met in our home, just very dynamic people, a number of names you've heard on the radio program uh, on Annunciation Radio. And we're blessed to be journeying with them to go deeper in discovering God's intimacy. Again, not just checking the boxes. We presuppose going to mass. We presuppose praying the rosary. All of those things are the foundation. You know, shall we say that's holy communion, but this is about holy community. It's about that intimacy and that relationship. So the first of our couples gathering was Sunday. So I had a really awesome, rich weekend of, of, um, being kindred with brothers and sisters in Christ with a compass, with a map pointing in the right direction where we can be honest, identify the ways in which we're misguided and just that mercy space of, of going after it together. And I'm inviting you by telling you all this. I can't help but proclaim it. I can't help but thank God for the, the, the radio waves of Annunciation Radio that give me the opportunity to uh, say to you, God desires right now this awareness of our distance from him and to turn to him, to turn our hearts to him. And these are concrete opportunities to do that. I'll tell you this, uh, you know, we have no shortage of messages and praise God for the messengers. We're called to be messengers, but we've had so many messages more than any time in history through the technology that we have. The question is, are we living it? I don't want to hear or see another program, another message. You know, if it's not going to result in people actually trying to make it happen personally, first and foremost, in their marriages and in their families. This world needs the witness of married couples saying, you know, I'm, t- I'm, I'm done with the messages. Don't give me, an- I've heard this. I get it. It's awesome. The message does not equate to the grace flowing in our lives by living it. And the only thing that makes it happen is us taking the step is us saying, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to do it. So I'm just going to again invite you before we air this program tonight, right now, I'm going to invite you and throughout this program, I'm going to invite you to please make the commitment this coming Friday. It's the second Friday night revival, Swan Creek, 5.15 p.m. Bring your supper, bring a chair, bring a friend, bring your heart. Get out in the open air. It's going to be a beautiful night. You're going to hear praise and worship. You're going to hear some really good down-to-earth testimony, some great guidance and prayer. Your life will be transformed. Trust me on this. Make this step. Let's do this together. Let's be transformed transformers. Wouldn't that be a great movie title? Anyways, um, now on with our program, which is showcasing the Friday Night Revival from this past Friday. By the way, check that out. Um, the Friday Night Revival is at oneheartonecity.us. You're with Greg and Stephanie Schleter on Ignite Radio Live. Down we welcome you with praise. We welcome you with praise. Almighty God of love, we welcome place let every heart adore let every soul away almighty god of love be welcomed in this place we welcome you with praise we welcome you with praise almighty god of love be welcomed in this place let every heart adore let every soul away yes almighty god of love be welcomed in this place oh. to you our hearts are open nothing here 
are our one desire. You alone are holy, only you are worthy. God, let your fire fall down. The issue is if you believe that the Holy Ghost has more for your life, and he is here to equip you with a supernatural equipping that is beyond anything you can ask or think. No matter what problem is in your life now, he comes to restore your life. He conquers the darkness in your life. And when you become so enthralled with this supernatural God that has delivered you out of the darkness in your own life, he then sends you. you it's like you know that he did something supernatural you couldn't do yourself, that you couldn't stop the hurt, you couldn't stop the pain, you couldn't stop the depression, you couldn't stop the evil on your own. Somehow you met this this man, this living God named Jesus Christ, you fall on your knees, begin to pray. You begin to pray. He begins to talk to you. He begins to give you vision. He changes the darkness around you is turned into light. And suddenly you can't hide it. You've got to go take that light out to the world. You are the light. That's what Jesus was saying. You are the light. See, when you get the word of the Lord, you are the light of the world. The world is in need of you. Turn to the person beside you right now and tell them the world is in need of your light. <laughs> Amen? The world is in need of the light that Jesus releases to your hearts. You know, one more crazy story, and I'm going to pray for people, but um, about 12 years ago, I was preaching in, in, a prison in northern West Virginia on Sunday afternoons, and I learned more in that prison than I ever learned inside the house, ever, that I, that I ever, that was the first time that the Lord sent me to, to a place where I had to trust him in the supernatural. I mean, I was doing supernatural things in the church. I was praying and prophesying for people, equipping for pe people inside the walls of the church, but I, but I was never focused outside of the church. And then suddenly the Lord opens his door, starts sending me into this prison. It's kind of crazy how the Lord does things. But when, when uh, I got introduced to this prison, this, this chaplain, um, he was kind of one of these religious guys. You preach about Jesus, but he wouldn't let anything supernatural happen. Yet at the same time, they had, by law, they had to let in the Satanists. They had to let in all the different other religions. They had to let in the prison because it was law that any, anybody who wanted to offer ministry service was let into the But this chaplain, he was so bound up in religion, he actually told me, he says, don't, don't do any of that praying stuff or that prophecy stuff or you... You can come talk about the Bible, but I'm not going to let you. I said, all right. That was like the first, first couple times I was there. And so this is kind of a funny story because the Lord actually sets you up to trust him. In impossible situations, he sets you up to trust him. Amen? So about, this is about week three. I'm driving up to the prison, going over, you know, stuff in my head. Uh, I'm praying and just getting just getting ready, right? And uh, all of a sudden, I hear the Lord speak to me. He says, I want you to teach them about my Holy Spirit and especially the gift of tongues. 
I, I almost wrecked a car. I started, I started to shake, man. I'm like, but the chaplain, the chaplain, everything out of my mouth, oh, chaplain. Oh my, how's this gonna happen? And and uh, so, <laughs> I'm I'm having this conversation with the Lord, and all He would say to me, I want you to talk about my Holy Spirit and especially the gift of tongues, so that they may pray to me. I'm like, all right, here you go. I'm here three weeks. I'm gonna get kicked out. And the funny story, the funny story is the guy from my church that was there before me, he got kicked out a month earlier, and that's why the door opened for me. So I got a double whammy. I got the chaplain telling me directly to my face, and I know that the chaplain's not bluffing. He'll kick you out, right? And so <laughs> I'm, my knees are knocking, man. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to go back, tell my pastor I got kicked out of the church. I don't know how this is going to happen. And uh, so I get in. The chaplain gets me in there, roughly 40, 45 guys. I mean, these are, these are some hardened criminals, man. They got, some of them got the teardrop on their cheek, you know, symbolized they killed people. And, you know, I start asking questions about who here knows Jesus. And, you know, a handful of them raised their hand. And I said, anybody here go to church? And they said, oh, yeah, Baptist, Lutheran, Methodist, Catholic. I got all kind of people in there. I mean, all kind of denominational guys, but somehow they wind up in prison and the Lord sends this crazy guy up there with a distinct assignment to get them equipped with the Holy Spirit. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, these guys don't even know Jesus. They don't even trust Jesus. Because I was always taught that you had to, you know, walk people through a process. You, you, you got to teach to have all these foundations and the lord that day taught me something that was so that i had to learn to trust him and that his spirit would do a work that i didn't have time to teach them through and so when i started to when when i when i got in there and the chaplain's in the back and he's sitting there and he's got this mean look on his face i don't even know how the guy got to be a chaplain man because he's, he's looking at me and he's he's just and all of a sudden he get his phone the phone rings he gets up, another guy comes in to watch us, and the chaplain, somehow the Lord got the chaplain out of the room. Suddenly confidence, <laughs> confidence starts flooding back in, and I don't know how much time I have, but I start talking about the Holy Ghost, man. I start letting it loose. I start, I'm going through all the Holy Ghost scriptures, and I'm giving them testimony of my the Holy Ghost, and I start talking about the gift of tongues and how I value, how much I love, I thirst waking up in the morning to get into the presence of the Lord, and I pray in the Spirit, and the presence of God drops, and He begins to show me vision. He begins to talk to me, and just, I love it. And that's my thirst that people would learn that equipping, that prayer life, and that thirst, that heart for God that not only transforms their life, but transforms the people around them. And so I start talking about when I first got baptized in the Holy Ghost and I started praying in tongues. And there's, there's four guys in the back, and they're the guys that raised their hand that said that they were in church. They were in, you know, they were, I'm not going to name denominations, but they were, they, they were in the back. They said, oh, yeah, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. And when I started talking about the Holy Spirit, I was prepared for the chaplain to have 
stop me or heckle me, but I was not prepared for the four prisoners in the back who claimed to go to church. But when I started talking about the Holy Spirit, the hardened criminals literally started to heckle me. I mean, they, they were, ah, that's not real. Ah. I mean, they were giving me all some theology and they're interrupting me. That's not real. That's not real. But how many of you know that when you start to face opposition and you're willing to step into that opposition, that's when the Lord shows up the biggest. That's right. So as these guys are heckling me and I'm talking about my love for the Holy Spirit, there's four guys on the right. Get this as long as I live. Four guys on the right. The first guy has the teardrops on his, on, on his cheek and he's sitting there and he's like, you could tell that he wanted God, but he, he wasn't sure because he never saw, he never experienced anything before. And so he's sitting there and I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, he's, he, he's out of his mouth. He, start, I mean, he starts to shake in the presence of the Lord, and he starts praying in the gift of tongues. And I, I'm going, what's, I'm in, inside, I'm going, what's going on? I didn't pray for him to get filled with the Holy Ghost. He just started to pray, and I know he didn't know Jesus. He didn't know that when I, that, that, there was nothing about him that knew Jesus at all before I walked in the room. These guys, they just come out of their cell on Sunday afternoons because they're tired of sitting in their cell, and they sit in whatever, whatever guy who's coming to teach, right? And so the guy on the right, he starts shaking and praying, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, I'm not the teacher anymore. There's a witness having experience with the presence of the Lord who's undone in the power of the Holy Ghost. The guy on his right, oh, he starts to shake. And the prayer language starts flying out of him. The third guy, the fourth guy. And at this time, I know I am not the teacher. All I was was a witness. You see, there's a difference between a teacher and a witness. A teacher can talk about biblical things, but a witness actually walks with somebody who's supernatural called the Holy Ghost. And it's the Holy Ghost that does things that you could never, ever do on your own. And it was the beginning of me learning that I could not teach people to a theological understanding deep enough to get them what the Holy Ghost can do to them in a moment. They were actually transformed in a moment. And so... Not just four, five, six, seven, eight. All of them, the whole room got filled with the Holy Ghost. And you know how I know this? When I got in there, when I started, the heckler started on me, I said, does anybody here pray in tongues? I had one guy. He wasn't the guy with the teardrops. He was sitting over here. But suddenly one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The whole room lights up and starts to, Pray in the Holy Ghost, except those four guys in the back, the hecklers, who were, they actually opposed the Holy Spirit. They were religious in their view and their mindset, and they were actually resisting the Holy Spirit. They actually said, we don't want you, Holy Spirit. That's what they were saying as they were heckling me. That stuff's not real. And you know what the Lord did? He showed up that day and proved himself 
everybody in that room who had an open heart and was willing to receive literally was lit up with the giftings and the heart cry that Paul had when he said, I pray, hope, I wish, I desire that you all pray supernaturally in the gift of tongues and even more that you prophesy. And that's, that's the, the gift of prayer. The gift of spiritual prayer is the foundation. It is the setup of you stepping into the supernatural because when you pray in the spirit, he speaks. That's his promise. You pray in my language, I hear you and I speak to you. I impart to you. That's a pretty crazy story. You know, that's what drives me. That, that's what actually drives me because I know there's a new discovery. There's the next thing. There's what are you going to do today? What are you going to do next week? What are you going to do tomorrow? Right? He is the God of the impossible. That's what, that's what the angel came and told Mary. You're going to be pregnant. And he says, just in case you don't believe, I'm telling you, he's the God of the impossible. He does the impossible in your life, and he does the impossible in the lives of those around you. Amen? Amen? So the question to you is, have you, have you fully embraced the Holy Spirit and the giftings and everything that the Holy Spirit has been offered to you, or have you resisted? Have you thought that maybe the Holy Spirit isn't fully for me? Because that's a lie. That's the biggest lie there is. In fact, that's the foundational truth of evil that Satan uses to try to convince you that you have arrived, you have enough, you're not worthy of receiving anymore. But when Jesus comes, Jesus actually releases everything. He doesn't hold anything back from you. Inside, if you can get inside the Holy Spirit, you have access to the kingdom. Amen? So who wants to run out onto the street? Who wants to get plane tickets and go to Portland? And I'm, I'm, saying, that, I'm saying that facetiously, but the Holy Spirit is talking to people here. I believe the Holy Spirit is awakening people right here that that's for you. That gift is for you. That supernatural lifestyle is for you. I'll never go back. I can't. I can't. I've got daughters calling me. Go, Dad. My middle daughter, um, she walked up to me a couple years ago, and she goes, I'm going to India with you, Dad. I'm real, like, she's only like 14 at the time. Two years later, she turns 16. She hops on a plane with me. And she's standing beside me in front of thousands of people. In front of thousands of people. And she is praying for people. She she's literally runs off the stage and finds little Indian girls and, and people in need because she grew up knowing and learning how to trust in the Holy Spirit. Amen? At 17, she picks up and says, I'm going to ministry school. I have to go. There's something burning in me. I can't sit still anymore. I got to go. And you know, the Holy Spirit is the ministry school. I didn't go to ministry school, but I spend hours and hours a day in the presence of the Lord, and he shows and teaches me things that I could never figure out on my own. Amen? But here's the deal, guys. Are you fully utilizing and embracing of the Holy Spirit. If you were to answer that question right now, what is the degree of fear that has gripped your life? 
What is the degree, degree of limitation and shallow thinking that has gripped, gripped your life versus this wide open, no holds barred, unlimited lifestyle that the Lord is calling you to? Amen. The Lord is calling people to do supernatural things. You're a miracle worker. You're a miracle worker. You're a prophet. You're going to prophesy. That is, that is the word of the Lord. You are going to hear his voice. You are going to have words of knowledge. You are going to prophesy. You are going to pray supernaturally. You are going to have wisdom work in your life. You know, I love if when your mindset flips and you realize why you're here, why your purpose is here, that you're not a victim of the world, but the world is a victim of you. Everything changes because your mindset goes from being a victim into stepping in to releasing the kingdom that you are a son of the king and you walk with all the authority of Christ and there's nothing that can stop you, nothing that can limit you. And if you have the word of the Lord, he is already declared to you that that will happen. It's not if, it's, it, it already has. And that's the vision of the church. Jesus, Jesus or in uh, Ephesians chapter 3, the Lord was explaining that the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to reveal the manifold wisdom of God to the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Amen? That is the essence of the world being of subject to you and not being subject to the world. Let our praise be your welcome. Let our songs be sad. We are here for you. We are here for you. Let your breath Nothing here is hidden, oh you are our one desire. 
Cause you are good, you're so good, you're so good. Let our praises, let our praises fail to lead us. Let our praises fail to lead us. Let our praises fail to lead us. Cause you are good, so good, so good, yeah, yeah. We lift you up. We lift you higher, yes, we do. We lift you up, Jesus. We lift you higher and higher and higher and higher, yes. We lift you up. We lift you up, King Jesus. We lift you higher higher. We lift you up, oh Jesus. We lift you higher and higher. Yeah, yeah. Your name is life. Your name is hope inside me hope inside me your name is love a love that always finds me always finds me yes let our praises fail to lead let our praises fail to lead let our praises fail to lead Cause you're so good, so good So good, Jesus You are so good, Jesus So good You're so Here's the deal, guys. If I were to ask you today, have you sought after and grabbed hold of everything the Holy Spirit has you, what would your answer be? Have you thirsted after him? Have you searched him in the night? Have you chased him in ways that the average person around you never could or never would? What would your answer be? That's like leaving a four aces king high on the table when you should have just bet all the pot. Amen? So let's do this. If there's anybody here who has never received the Holy Spirit, who has never prayed in the Holy Spirit, I'd like to pray with you. If you want more, just, just stand up with me. All right, I just... I pray that your heart would meet their thirst, Lord. I pray that your eyes would be upon them, Lord, that the hunger that is deep inside, that you're drawing out, Lord, every doubt, every fear, every lie, Lord, we just decree that is a dead thing, that that will not hold back the hunger, Lord, that's in the heart of these people for you. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for the full equipping of the Holy Ghost. I pray that all of them, Lord, 
Lord, to the heart that you put in Paul for the church. I pray, Lord, that the church, no matter what denomination, no matter where they come from, what they are, Lord, I pray that just like the prisoners that suddenly started to pray, Lord, let them right now suddenly start to pray in the supernatural, Lord, that they would draw on your heart, Lord, that they would draw on you to look at them, to smile, and to release the vision of the Lord upon their life. Father, let the grace of the anointing of the Holy Ghost fall on them right now. Just fall on them right now, Lord. Fall. Fall, Holy Ghost. Father, I pray for every person hurting here, Lord, that the, that the brokenness, I command it to go in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, power of the Holy Ghost to come upon their life. Every person, Lord, in need of deliverance and healing. Lord, let that anointing of healing and deliverance come upon them right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can you feel the presence of the Lord in that prayer? Amen. Say this with me. Say, here I am, Lord. Send me. Our nation is in need. It's hurting. Send your word, and I will go. Wherever you send me, Lord, I'll go. In Jesus' name. Welcome back. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter on Ignite Radio Live. Wow. Just awesome. God bless David. God bless you, our listeners, for an open heart. I just have to say for me personally, like the gift that these revival nights, this past one in particular, has been. Um, you know, I could talk about some of the very cool, spiritual, amazing things that went on, which are all true and great. And we praise God for his glory in those moments. But what is on my heart, uh, I guess, too, is the gift that it has been just to gather in the Lord's name and to pray together in community, one heart, one city. Um, you know, as we've talked about, these are all different denominations coming together uh, in unity. Obviously, people's spaces are respected as they want them to be respected, Um but it seems like people are just longing for that human connection. But just that has been such a grace and very moving to the point of tears almost as these people are like, oh, it is so good to be able to come together. So Steph, I shared at the very beginning that we had our very first couples night with our core community. I explained for those of you who are just tuning in. Um, so many levels to our mass impact, five levels in particular. So not many, five levels. And the first most basic one is just listening, right? Right now you hear us over the airwaves. You may get texts from me or email from me, and hopefully it's an occasion of, of inspiration. Uh, the second level is you actually do something about it. You come to an event. You do a live it gathering guide. The third level is you say, you know, I really experienced grace flowing there. I, I want to kind of make a commitment to this uh, over a period of time. So those folks at the third level are going to make a commitment for maybe seven weeks to talking and praying in their homes using this live it gathering guide. And it's always been a powerful experience for all who've done it. And I have to say, they've always had to overcome the inertia, the awkwardness to actually pick a night every week with their family to make it happen. But in this day and age, uh, we just can't wait anymore. We can't make excuses anymore. So anyways, that third level is we're going to do this every week until it becomes our culture. The fourth level is after folks do that, some have said, you know, we want this to be a way of life. 
Like we need to be around couples and families who are similarly committed to making their homes places of encounter. Our first uh, couples gathering was this past Sunday. Steph, tell us a little bit about your experience. Well, I just want to declare that I believe firmly that the Lord did bring it together. We reached out more broadly, which is part of our mission in Mass Impact is, you know, once you start to form and these communities are created, whether it's a regular small group or regular gatherings or whatever form um, that these opportunities that Mass Impact has presented take, we are meant to overflow. Like it would be so easy just with these good friends just to stay together. And and I certainly encourage friendships to continue and prayer to continue together and gatherings to continue together. But if the apostles did that... <laughs> just stayed to themselves. Right. We wouldn't be here. And sometimes it's a real stretch for many people, right, to you know, get out of that comfort zone and to invite others or, you know, just kind of, you know, that prompting is happening from the spirit because of that uncomfortable feeling inside, but something burning in there, you're supposed to say something to somebody or ask somebody how you can pray for them or, you know, whatever fashion, again, and form that that takes. Um, So this season, I just feel so blessed. We feel so blessed that these couples, some of them we've known, you know, for a while, others are newer um, people who have come into our lives but just it's that overflow factor. Okay. Like we are called to go to that next circle out and then hopefully the next circle out and then they will, you know, kind of do the same. And that's how we grow the gospel. That's how we grow friendships. That's how we grow the church. So just through our prayer, you know, especially through the, these months of COVID, knowing that the season was approaching, just our prayer together as husband and wife for the Lord to you know, guide the couples who he desired to be together in this. And so we invited those people and um, most of them said yes, that were, that who were able to. And uh, so one, I just, again, want to declare that I believe that the Lord chose this group, you know, to come together in this way. And um, it is beautiful when we would do, um, when we've done our uh, family road trip podcast, we'd always introduce the couples as heroic and I can say that I felt that last, this mm-hmm. past Sunday, um, they're heroic, yes, because it wasn't for, for many of them this, okay, this is something we're kind of used to and um, to grow together in the faith like this, to, uh, to share, to pray, to, you know, come together in this way, but they felt that Lord's calling also. And so not exactly, you know, 100% yippee-yahoo, this is so comfortable and wonderful, but knowing that the Lord's grace and goodness is in it and and their declaration that they want to grow as a disciple, as a married couple, as a family together in Christ, in the beauty and gifts and treasures of the church, and to do this in community. Greg, you often use that word or that phrase, you know, holy community flowing from holy communion. And really, that's what it's all about. It's easy to go to Mass on Sunday. We're so blessed. We're such consumers there, right? And that's okay, too. But where's that overflow? And where do we live out that truth of our holy communion? Well, the Lord calls us to be in community. And that's been one of the tragedies of COVID and all these limitations and mask wearing and social distancing, that it really is the antithesis 
of holy community. Zoom doesn't do it. Sorry. Praise God mm. that we have that technology and we can utilize it in some ways. But there is nothing that can replace that physical presence, that physical sharing, that physical seeing eyeball to eyeball to see people's smiles and faces and their true identity um, as sons and daughters of God. And so um, in our first gathering, just again, at listening to people's stories and, um, you know, everyone kind of just did a very quick kind of overview <laughs> mm-hmm. of their background and, you know, where they are with the Lord and, gosh, who isn't blessed by that? We love to proclaim, you know, the scripture, Revelation twelve eleven. <laughs> they defeated the enemy by the blood of the lamb, our holy mass, and the word of their testimony. And a reminder, we don't need some huge, awesome, crazy conversion story to be our testimony. The Lord did that for us on the cross, look to the crucifix. But it's the, the ordinary moments in our life where the Lord has proclaimed his extraordinary grace and so just kind of, you know, being blessed by the willingness of people to share what they shared and their commitment to say, yes, we are in this for the next few months. We want to grow closer to our God personally. We want to grow closer to our spouses. We want to grow closer to our families. And again, that overflowing in community. And if that doesn't defeat the enemy, I don't know what else mm-hmm. does, you know. So just very blessed with that. Um, and if I can add something, kind of a potpourri thought, <laughs> as we're talking about... Is that potpourri or just potpourri? It depends which pope you're speaking of. <laughs> <laughs> JP2, we love you. We were very, very blessed to host um, the Culture Project team for the week. And so we had these beautiful young ladies staying with us. And you're here. We're also very blessed with um, the two young men, uh, many of the days for the full days and... So stories for another time, and we hope to have them on Ignite Radio Live so that you can, you know, meet them and over the airwaves. Um, But just bringing them into our home, extremely blessed by their their yes and their coming to our diocese and how the Lord, again, just the stories and the shared faith and the growing together, even just for that week together, sharing meals, sharing um, you know, our home and all that that means as a family, they really became part of our family. So those of you, I want to say this first, who are kind of like, eh, you know, not sure um, about doing the Living Gathering Guide or not sure about praying together as a family or it's uncomfortable. I just want to say that obviously we've been blessed to be doing this for forever, it feels <laughs> like. Not that it feels like I've been married to you forever, love. <laughs> that rich. 23 plus years. Um, But we've been blessed from the beginning to pray together. We've been blessed Mm -hmm. to raise our children with talking and praying. We've been blessed with the Live It Gathering Guide for many, 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 many years. And so that started somewhere, right? The culture that we're experiencing now started somewhere at some point in time. So parents and married couples don't throw in the towel and be like, well, it's too late. I just want to declare that it's never too late. You you just do it. Today is the day if you haven't been doing it or if you haven't done it in a while. So tying it into the culture project, we are far from perfect, but I will declare that the Lord has done so much um, in our home and those who have entered our home because of our commitment to talk and pray as a family. And so it was beautiful to see the richness of being able to welcome 
these wonderful people into that and to see how the Lord used that. And we certainly could have, you know, provided beds for them and fed them and, you know, given them our Internet passwords so that they could do their Zoom training um, without anything else. Right. But God is so good that he takes what we just see as a simple yes and a simple, you know, declaration or commitment and blesses others through the years. And I, I hope that doesn't come across as a pat on the back or a, um, oh, we have this so much together. I am sharing it because one, we're, we're told to share the glory of God. And I really do. It is for his honor and his glory. And it's only by his grace. Cooperate with it. And he will use it in ways that you will have no idea. And then also just another blessing of the weekend. Both of our sons who are out of the house now were able to be here for some time this weekend. And again, just the continuous effect of the graces of doing the live it gathering guide, of talking and praying as a family, as we sit around the table and that continues, as we're able to you know, pray together in a natural, normal way as they come back home and to be able to, for them to share what's going on in that similar fashion. It just really struck me just again, God's continuous faithfulness and goodness from a simple yes, because we want to be better, because we feel called to it, because whatever the reason is, you know, 20 plus years later, just seeing that continuing in the culture of our home and continuing the culture of our family. And gosh, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing special about us. Mm. (laughs) There's nothing special about this. Well, about me. No, no, the, it's, it's just, you can do it and God just takes it and multiplies it and uses it. And he doesn't need anything, but he has chosen to, need, (laughs) I put in quotes, um, conduits of his plan and his grace. And he uses human flesh, right? The incarnation. Um, He became flesh. And so as we continue his work here on earth, and um, we should be humbled and edified at the same time that he desires to bring others closer to him through us, as and especially as we desire you know, to draw closer to him because that's his heart's desire. So thank you, good and gracious God, for so many graces flowing this weekend. So I guess I just say, do it, people. Just do it. Just try it. Amen. So blessed by my beautiful wife, just the prophetic spirit coming upon her and just uh, speaking from her heart these truths. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter on Ignite Radio Live, and I do invite you and leave you with this. This Friday, just get out in the beautiful open air. The season's changing. See real human people. Experience God alive in the context of community. Swan Creek 515. Bring your supper. Bring a chair. Bring a friend. Bring an open heart. We want to see you there this Friday. Find out more at oneheartonecity.us. And of course, we invite you to just really make that time this week. Just try it once with your family. Set aside 45 minutes See what God will do to be more fully alive in your marriage and family. I love my family.us. Now more critical than ever, the kingdom of heaven is upon us. And we're so blessed to be with you in striving for it. God bless you. Oh, freedom reigns in this place. Oh, shout.